I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Danilo's free. In it goes to get First time we've seen them attack them and there's Brendan! Hello and welcome to this preview edition of Red Side of Trent as we look ahead to Nottingham Forest's Saturday kickoff game with Everton, which is a 5 30 kickoff. Middle of my words there. Anyway, I'm delighted to be joined by Jay from the Paddock Blues podcast. So, uh, hello, Jay. How are you doing? You're good? I'm all right. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, mate. Yeah. No thanks. worries. Many thanks for coming on. Um, I suppose there's no other real place to start when it comes to Everton, really, than the recent news about the 10 point deduction. Um, I guess first and foremost, I mean, aside from you know anger, I suppose, did you were you sort of blindsided by this? Did you not? Did you sort of think that this would be too extreme a punishment? Did you sort of see anything coming of this magnitude? Sort of taught me for your taught me for your sort of thought process towards around the whole thing. Um, we knew we we knew we'd done wrong. I think we all knew as an Everton fan base, we there was a punishment coming. Um, obviously, you you know the world of social media now, you hear different rumours, twelve points. A fine, a suspended sort of point deduction. I don't think anyone can compare you, prepare you for what that feels like. Um, obviously, we're the only club at the moment to have that sort of penalty at that high magnitude. It was just a crazy Friday. It seems always to be a Friday with Everton. Honestly, did I think I seen it? It was quite good actually. I've got to give props. Everton are the only team to lose points on an international break. Um, so I just you know that's what it felt like. I, I've got to be honest, really, Christy. Honestly, it's it was just we built that gap between us and ourselves and Luton, and it just felt like you were just getting pulled back down again. Like you finally got out the hole, and this big arm just comes and pulls you down. Um, if it was anger originally, it, it was it was shock that it turned into sort of anger towards. The Premier League and also towards our own club for the way they've actually let this happen. You know, let's I think we can't forget that this is purely for the fact that Everton have done wrong. I just think it was such an overreaction punishment to to have that. I just I really do think it was so bad and it's just left 
not the club in tatters. I wouldn't say it was in tatters because we're united. I've got to be honest, it, we're more united than we've ever been. It just felt like we'd been volleyed again everywhere. <laughs> we're used to that, but that felt like a big one. No, I can imagine. I mean, it, it was after such like, I mean, it's been a bit of a weird season for everything. Because obviously, I know it started very badly with three defeats in a row. But I mean, with the exception of the Villa game, in which everything did look really bad, mm-hmm. generally speaking, you've looked all right. It's just like not been taking your chances. So it, it sort of did sort of feel that a good run of form was coming at some point. And naturally, that did happen fairly recently, obviously, taking 10 points for possible 12 and shooting straight up the league. Only to have that ripped away, of course, which. <laughs> Yeah, it's typical. But surely, does that give you some sort of confidence, though, that you can actually just battle away? You're in a much better place than you were last season. And even though it's a little bit scary, you still could be all right. Yeah. You know, obviously, you probably yourself, you'll always sort of take comfort in pundits and what they'd say and the world of football. And where people go, oh, everything will be fine. They'll get out of it, especially all the fans. Everything will be all right. And probably, and we will, you know, given that I think if they took the points after the Luton game, we'd have been gone. Just purely for the fact that it was, as you mentioned there, the start of the season was so bad. If they'd have done it before this little run, they just decimated everyone because there was no light at the end of the tunnel. But now where that sort of little run gave us a little bit of light, gave us something that we can hang on to and go, well, no, look how good they've been playing. Um, so, yeah, it does sort of give us a little bit more hope that we can get out of this, and especially the fact that there's, I, in my opinion, three worst teams, whether that'll sort of come to fruition, that they are actually worse than us, we'll find out. I would be confident that it would. I would also be semi-confident that I don't think that 10 points will stick. I think it'll probably be, if worst case, be reduced to six. I can't see it staying for the whole season. I know the appeal's gone in now anyway, but obviously that's away from the pitch. But by that point, I wouldn't be surprised if Everton were long. I mean, we said on our pods, I mean, obviously, you know, it's like after a loss, aren't you? You're naturally more despondent than you could be normally. Yeah. One of our um, uh, co-pod hosts said that, like, he wouldn't be surprised if Everton were by Forest by Christmas, the way they're playing. So, like, I, I think, you know, yeah, the wider scale of football, like you said, is can see what Everton are like and think they'd be fine. But what's Dyke's done differently this time around? Is it because he's had more time with the club to sort of get his methods across? Like, because you look much not, it's not obviously Everton more solid, but you now look like a much more of a threat going forward. It's just not taking your chances, it's killing you. Yeah, as, as you said before, at the beginning of the, the season, um, Fulham are home, Wolves are home, you were always coming off the ground. Furious because you've been beat, but more for the fact that the way you get beat, you know, sometimes you can come out the ground and get beat because you're just not a good footballing team. When you come out and you think, oh, if we'd have just scored them two chances, we'd have won. I think that's worse sometimes. I think that can hurt a lot more. So it did feel like it was just about to click. Um, and sort of, he did have a solid at the back. Now, listen, he started the season with Michael Keane. Now, I'm pretty sure from afar you can see Michael Keane isn't like that Everton. Not that he's not like, but as a footballer, especially you've got when you've got Jared Brandweight. So, all these little things were happening at the beginning of the season. We were trying to get him out of the team, saying, you know, why is he still in there? Um, John McCarthy Lewin weren't playing. We never had Beto to come in. Beto only come in before the Doncaster Rovers game, which is sort of where it started all turned. It never turned on that game, but that was the game if you go right back. Um, so, I do think a lot, a sort of lot's happened. We've had a few injuries to come back as well, but he seems to have brought a. This sounds, and you'll know what I mean. But being a Nottingham Forest fan, but he seems to 
bring an identity back to Everton, which is very Everton. It's a aggressive sort of let's let's make these Beatles. We're under Lampard and I won't mention the fella before him. Um <laughs> it, it, he's like Voldemort and he doesn't get spoken about. Um he he we were soft. We had a soft underbelly. We were just easy to beat. We'd go one nil down and it was oh yeah, well this is gonna be three or four. Where I think under Dice we, we we created that hardness of all right, we'll use a score, but we're still gonna go and try try and keep trying to score goals. And I think really that's what he's brought. And he, the fans have bought into that as well, which is massive. Listen, you know, like no one really want like people wanted Lampard out, but we knew what was above Lampard. It was more important to get the people above Lampard out than actually Frank Lampard. Yeah. At that time, where Dice now hasn't got that. He's sort of we're all just looking at him going win football matches. I've got to be honest, he come under a lot of pressure at the beginning of the season, especially myself. Um, I'll only end up on this channel now and say, I think it was the Bulls game. I actually wanted them out. Mm. And I'll, you know, there's many football fans with egg on the face. I've got an omelette on my face at the moment because I just, honest to God, I, I wanted them gone. I couldn't see nothing. Um, but he's proved me wrong. As every football fan gets proven wrong throughout their life, he's proved me wrong, and it's fantastic what he's doing up to now. I feel sorry for the man. I genuinely do feel sorry yeah. for the man. You know, we turned this round, and look what's happened. Yeah, I think there is you know, sort of outpouring sympathy towards him. He's clear, but he's very. He looked like, like yes, we thought he's turned a clear corner. You know, Everton sort of moving safe towards. You know, I think after last season and the stress of the final day, if someone said to you, "Oh yeah, you'll be on cost and they'll mid table about five games to go," you'd been like, "Yeah, great, slap your hand off." And it just seemed like he had you sort of pointing to that trajectory. And then obviously this has all happened now since. But I, I also agree with what you said about losing games because uh, we've had it this season several times. Like we've scored twice in a game, I think four times this season and not won any of them. So it's wow. sort of like, obviously, we, we, I think we've well, those games especially. I think I'm referring to United, Brighton, West Ham and Luton especially. Score yeah. twice in all of those games and come away nothing. You sort of you leaving the ground. You're almost more frustrated because you've done enough to get in that position. You've not capitalised on it. Yeah. So, yeah, I know what you mean. It's almost it's almost worse if you play but well and lose sometimes. But um, I've got to ask about Jared Brantford actually because I know obviously he came back from PSV Eindhoven and he looks absolutely brilliant. I mean, what what's what, what's your sort of thoughts? Because I know you've had a, good, a lot of good centre backs previously. Obviously, John Stones and Jody Nescott both went for big, big money. Do you think he can maybe sort of follow that path? Or are you sort of hoping to keep hold of him a little bit longer? Uh, it's a hard one, Christian, to be honest, because it's yeah, I'd love to keep Jared Brandwaite, of course, I would. He reminds me of John Stones. Um, can we? We're in a financial mess. Within. You know, which had ten points taken off us. We're selling basically with selling all our assets. There's Charleston has gone. Uh, Andy Gordon went. Less it less said about him, the better actually. Um, but Jared Brandt is someone that could captain Everton Football Club. Simple mm. as that. Could easily captain Everton Football Club into that new stadium. Will he? I don't know. You know the way he's playing, captain the under twenty threes. The next step is probably an international cap. Then he's obviously got the eyes of Europe on him then. And obviously he was at PSV, but I think that's just PSV's loan scouting doing what they do. 
Yeah. I think Chad Abramovich has got a massively bright future. I just really hope it's with Everton and we can give him that. No, I know exactly what you mean. It's always terrifying. Isn't it? You get like a, a great player sort of coming through and you think, great, another one. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, like the vault just starts circling pretty much imminently. It's quite soul-destroying in one aspect. But I suppose this is where clubs like us are, I suppose, really. But, I mean, going back to, I mean, you're sort of looking at your form. I mean, yeah, you've got some big wins this season. You know, I mean, obviously, still in the cup, which is quite exciting. I know, um, obviously, I know it's only the League Cup, but it's still... Oh, I'll take it. Absolutely, yeah. You know, you go as far as you can with it. But, yeah. Yeah, you look at... I mean, it's very looking all right. Like, you know, obviously, on that road, you won at Villa, you know, won at Brentford's. You know, it's... It does really feel like Deitch has got something going, even in my... And, I mean, obviously, we saw Old Trafford. I mean, obviously incredibly unlucky to get unstung by a goal like that after three minutes <laughs> you, you can't even you can't account for that as a coaching no. staff or as a fan can you like but I mean, it did seem that even despite that um, you know, I, I think the thing for me is that even with Calvert-Lewin up front you're still maybe guilty of missing chances would you say that's a bit of a weakness for you at this moment in time oh 100% um, I think going into the half time on Sunday we could have been 3-1 up we genuinely could have been 3-1 up and I think at that point you kill Manchester United I know this isn't the Man United channel but they're no good they're not great shakes they're, they're really not and they were there for the taking which is more frustrating again Um, obviously Ashley Young gives that penalty away which is a penalty it's as simple as that but it's so frustrating when you come away from the ground and you think if we'd have just scored them two chances we'd have been 2-1 up and the game changes I know that's football and you know I understand that, but to have that as a consistency is worrying. If it's one, two games a season, three games a season, you go, okay, yeah. But with near Christmas and it seems like every time we get beat, we should have really drew. Mm. If that makes sense, it's probably only Aston Villa where you go, yeah, they battered us there. Yeah. And Liverpool, um, which again, has got controversy well, the in the game. game you're quite yeah. unlucky. Like, I mean, like, you had 10 men for a good half hour. It's only on the counter-attack they, sp- they sung you for the seconds. Like, exactly. It's on- the first, so. It was only Aston Villa, really, that you, you sort of go, well, yeah, you know, they battered us. Um, and they've been doing that a lot. Listen, it's, I don't think it's any disgrace getting beat by Aston Villa at the moment. So, no. I, I, I just, I, I really do worry the fact that we can't put the ball in the net you've got a number nine who've been desperate to get back in seems a bit off it for me personally he took his goal well against the West Ham fantastic goal but he's got to score them two headers on Sunday he really has um is your number nine is your number nine you're, you're, the, the guy you know your Harlan's not comparing them but that's who they look at um yeah. I forget your number nine and I, I do know him I want to yeah I want to yeah that's it sorry um you look at him and go, you go and score the goals. If Alanga scores one or gives White, it's a bonus, but looking at you to score the goals, I think that's what Calvin Lumen's next step is to go, right, well, I'll take the game by the score for the neck and I'll make sure I'll score two, three, one, even to win the game. No, I know what you mean. He's just sort of taking, like they say, taking authority, isn't it? Leading from the front almost. Yeah. I suppose at least it isn't Neil Morpet anymore, which by all means is a bit of a disaster. Football <laughs> <laughs> club. <Wow. laughs> Okay, we should have been to, to be honest, we deserve 10 point deduction by signing Neil Mopay, really. 
<laughs> one of my one of my mates is an Everton fan, and he was saying like, you know, R3 came out of that outburst recently. It was like it was bad enough for us watching you, let alone you playing. Like, I did oh, see honestly. something where someone, uh, you know, scout sense of humour, I suppose, but he put didn't he? You know, I didn't really feel comfortable, and it was the players, the staff, the fans didn't make me feel comfortable. Someone commented and put, "Well, a mission accomplished then," because I just. Honestly, God, listen, he, he was brilliant at Brighton. He, well, when he was, he was brilliant at Brighton. He was just a good player. Yeah. yeah, it was just good. He was okay. It just hit him and went in. Um, but Neil Mopai was just... Shocking. Yeah. If they yeah. the Premier League could come out and said, yeah, we're deducting your 10 points for signing Neil Mopai, Yannick Balassi and Morgan Schneider, and we'd have probably have all gone, yeah, all right. Don't forget Rondon as well. <laughs> oh, Rondon. He's a hero, him. He's better than Neil Mopai. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, I suppose as well, I mean, you sort of touched upon it earlier, this like new era for Everton of a new stadium. I mean, how do you feel about the move? Like, do you think it was something that was needed or are you sort of quite sad to say goodbye to Goodison? How do you sort of, yeah? It, it's sad. Of course, it's sad that you've been on my home for 31 years. It's been Everton's home for 100 years plus. Um, it's sad. It's needed. You know, you've got to step into the the modern world of football now. Look at you look at the likes of Tottenham and Arsenal, Manchester City, even West Ham when they got the London Stadium. Uh, Manchester United screaming out for a new stadium, biggest club in the world, still desperate for a new stadium. Mm. Uh, Liverpool put extensions on theirs; they don't build them; they just put extensions on. And I just think we needed it just to attract a different sort of. Clientele, no, that, no, that sounds daft. But you go to Goodison, you've got your your normal Goodison goers, if you like the, the yeah, the Everton fans. Um, but I think if you want to get that investment, you've got to be in a new shiny stadium. And for any investor looking at Everton, hopefully there's still a Premier League club on the River Mersey shiny new stadium that you can sort of entice with the Euros as well. Mm. It might be a dream for some an investor, and hopefully, he'll make our she'll make our dreams come true as well. I guess the example West Ham's a good example. I mean, we went just a couple of weeks ago, and like it wasn't. I didn't enjoy the obviously whenever you lose no, a game, you don't enjoy the experience. But it's just why, like obviously, I know it's been sort of retrofit to be a football stage, and obviously yours is designed to be a football stage. So it's a little mm-hmm. bit different, but like. You sort of you sort of look around. And it's sort of like you know, is it worth selling your soul for a trophy? I suppose. But then again, they look at the growth and the revenue they're getting as a club. And you're right. From that aspect, it's a step in the right direction to grow. But yeah, yeah I guess I, I think as well. Just to ask you, because 
similar club, similar ground, really. Mm. I think yours is a little bit newer. Well, it's a lot newer. Um, if, obviously, an investor was to come into Nottingham Forest now and say, right, I'm going to build a brand new stadium there, I think most Forest fans, and correct me if I'm wrong, would probably go, yeah, OK. I think, no, I think we most be pretty mortified. So one of the things right. our owner's done at the minute is um, it's been going on for like four years now. We're trying to upgrade our main stands to like make it 35, 36,000. Because obviously at the minute demand is like you know, every game sold out like weeks yeah. in advance because everyone wants to Premier League football for the first time in a quarter of a century give or take. So everyone wants to go. But um, yeah, I think by and large it's, it's sort of like that's a part of our identity. That's a part of our soul. We don't want to lose that. So yeah, that's why I sort of asked you because I know obviously Goodison's been like you said these are donkey's years, isn't it? So it's sort of like sort of move away from that's quite quite sad in a way, but I suppose it is like I said a big big bold step forward and hopefully one that can like you said be a Premier League club at, at the time of doing so. Yeah. But obviously looking ahead to um, Saturday, so the last time we played at the City Grounds, we played it twice last season. We were both draws, obviously one with Lampard, and both in very different circumstances with Lampard and Deitch. But mm-hmm. um, one of the things that Caught Forest out last season was I still remember the Pete's goal now was the second goal. Um, obviously, the first you can't really count Shelby being the clown that he is giving a penalty away like that. Yeah. That's why he's not at the club anymore. But the second one was was it a free kick? I think it was two or three consecutive headers to Everton one before putting the ball in the back on that. And it's a staple of Dyche's team, isn't it? To be good at set pieces, and obviously we're not good at set pieces at this moment in time. Do you think that's a potential area of, of exploitation for Everson on Saturday? Um, yeah, he does use set pieces a lot, Sean Dice, especially with your legs or your Jared Brandweight, who just to scare you, hasn't scored for Everton yet uh, this season. He has scored last season against, uh, sorry, the season before against Chelsea, but this season hasn't scored. Um, you know, Tarkovsky, Decore, Anana, if he's fit, um, these are big, big footballers. That it, and if you get the delivery right with Jack Harrison, McNeil, or Garner, then it's always a threat. Going to be honest, going forward, we've actually been a lot better on the counter attack, sort of with the core pushing right up, especially away from home. It's it, night and day difference is, is crazy mm. from at home to away from home. The core so far up the pitch. Next to Carvalt Lewin, he's basically playing as a two with Carvalt Lewin, and I think that catches a lot of teams out. So, where last season, obviously, we were dependent on corners, free kicks. I think you know, our, our leading goal scorer was like McNeil, but that's I think because of the Brighton game. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I think there was a stat that Yeti Mina had more goals than Carvalt Lewin. So, what does you know, what does that tell you? But I think it's a different sort of Everton that are going to turn up. Not to say it's going to be a Manchester City Everton, but I mean, it's like a where if not good for us, then we'll stop getting them corners and they'll be all right. When we're a different sort of team, we can actually play on the ground, which is yeah, crazy to say for a Sean Dice team, but we actually can. I do feel to be fair to Dice. I mean, his Burnley team that got into Europe, you can't do that just by playing Route 1. So there is obviously a bit more sort of annoyance to his game, I think, which sort of goes a bit under the radar. But, I think um, as well, sorry, sorry, um, just a, he, he finds ways to win, you know. It, it's yes. crazy. Yeah, it's really like a... Where Frank Lampard has had his philosophy and this is how we were going to play, which, which no one knew, but like 
I don't even think he knew the poor fella, but he, he just he j- he didn't know how to sort of win football matches, Frank Lampard, and it was very much. I'm going to pick this eleven, and I'm going to hope to God they've listened to what I've said and go and win. Where Sean Dyche is, like, well, if these set up a certain way, you know how to deal with it. If these do yeah. this, we know how to deal with it. If this player doesn't play, we know how to. Deal. I think he has doesn't just have a plan A, he has plan A, B, C, and D, and all of them point towards Everton winning. So I think that is very much like a David Moyes as well. David Moyes, I think mm. he's got that. So I think that having that in his arsenal is a really good weapon for our players, the squad we've got. And the club we are. No, he does seem super meticulous. Um, John Knight, absolutely, they're very, very organised. But um, you mentioned a player there, obviously close to our hearts, in Jimmy Garner. Um, how have you found his development? Because I know, obviously, last season he didn't have the best of times, he was in and out of the team with injuries and whatnot. And obviously, when Dykes came in, he started playing as a right back, which we found quite confusing. But um, since he's been pushed back into his natural position in the midfield, he looks a player that we all thought he could be. But what have, what have you made of him? We love him. Um, we love him here. Yeah, we. When he first come, obviously it was under Lampard, and it was it was a mad time to be honest. So it wasn't someone that you could just throw in, obviously because of what was happening around the club and the predicament we were in. It wasn't just someone like oh yeah, going straight into the team. Um, and he did obviously pick a few injuries up. Start the season, he's right, playing right wing. It was like. What you know, we honestly didn't know what was going on. Makes more sense now with Jack Harrison coming into the team, where it's yeah. like they sort of want someone who can put the ball in the box, simply put the ball in the box. And I think James Garner was our best option there. Um, he's coming to midfield and he's rejuvenized another player in Nana. Now, Nana was so sort of inconsistent. We'd get one game, we think we had the next guy at all then we'd think. He'd have another game where we think, oh my god, he was just lad. You know, honestly, it's it was a mad one. James Garner sort of is taking pressure off of Anana. Um basically to say, don't worry, I'll I don't know if you noticed this, but it reminds me of like a Garrett Barry. Now not as in defensive work, but his calmness on the ball. He's a very calm influence midfield, Garner, yeah. yeah we, it, we noticed that, yeah. Yeah, it's very much when we had a Drissa Gay and Garrett Barry, it was very much a Drissa Gay win the ball, give it to Andre Gomez or Barry at the time, a nail play. And I think that's the way James Garner is in our team. He'll drive the team forward, but he can also win the ball and just play it. He's a really good... He's a steal. We just hope Man United don't uh, exercise that clause. No, we we noticed that as well. He looks quite slight, Garner. He looks like, you know, he doesn't look the strongest, but he's very solid in a tackle. He's he's hard to shake off the ball as well. Yeah, yeah we um we miss him dearly at Forest, even now. Like obviously as, as much as we progressed. And you always have that obviously like attachment to players in successful teams, don't you? Yeah. And yeah. um yeah, it's no different with him. We could all see with him that he was gonna go very, very far in football. So was, same with Jeff Spence, but yeah. Sorry, was the uh... Was there feeling now nothing good for us? I know when you've come up, you spent a lot of money on every single player and the dogs, which yeah. looks good now. It, you know, it's worked at the yeah. end of the day. Um, but I know when James Garner wasn't touted up and Everton seemed to have got him, there was a bit of anger in the Nottingham Forest fans. Like, how, could, how have you just not gone and got this kid and let Everton get him? Basically, United shafted us. So, oh, um... right. We were told, well, it seemed that like, you know, it would be a formality we'd sign Garner. Mm-hmm. And then Ten Hag came in and was like, I want him a pre-season with me. 
And then he took it the preseason. That was still fine. We were still pretty like, okay, we'll wait till after preseason because we assume he's not going to be in your plans. We'll sign him then or try to sign him then. And then after that, it was like, I'm going to keep on the bench for a little bit longer. And then obviously the season started now. We're digging into the first couple of weeks of the season. We're like, we haven't got a midfield. We need to be up signing players. So naturally we had to sort of, you know, obviously, I don't know he, he went quite late in the winter. Was it was like the last week of the window. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We couldn't afford to wait that long, ultimately. So basically, we could, and what, I think what annoyed us most is that we could see how good he was and talented he was, and Ten Hag was still just messing around, sort of like, oh, will he, won't he? It's like, look at some of the midfielders United have had over the last like couple of years or so. It's like, he could walk into that team at times, it felt like. So, but it's their mm-hmm. loss and it's your gain. And honestly, 100%. good luck to him. I think he should get a, a very good reception Saturday. And he thoroughly deserve it as well. So, um, but yeah, so looking forward to the game. Um, one little thing I've, I've also noticed in a good potential sort of chinking out for Everton's armour is that the back four doesn't really seem to like dealing with pace too much, especially on actually young sides. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something, so let's say, for example, Forrest line up with Alanga and Hudson Adoy, is that something that could be a bit of a concern for you? Massively. 100%. Mate. Um, Garnacho. Terrorise actually young. Uh, not I don't say Terrorise where he got he sort of was running past him every, but it was in his head. You know, he, yeah. It's that sort of actually young can't cope with a player who will, and you'll know what I mean by this. But he'll just leave the ball and wait for the defense to move and then go. He can't cope with that. That's where his yellow cards come. He'll just take people out. Alanga is amazing at that, where he'll just stop and wait for the defender. Ashley Young cannot cope. I, me personally, and eighty percent, ninety percent of Everton fans would want to see Patterson on yes. Saturday, or yeah, even Patterson, yeah. well, even James Coleman. James Coleman was on the bench on Sunday, um, even if he's got 60, 70 minutes in him, just for that experience. I say experience. Actually, Young's thirty-eight, but he <laughs> he doesn't act like a thirty-eight. Honest to God, he, he, he the foul on Sunday was like a 19-year-old. He was terrified yeah, of the occasion. Yeah, the Diaz one, I don't know why you're flying in like that. You, you know, yeah. there was no question it was just two yellow cards. There was no question it was a penalty. There's no question the first one was a yellow card. Garnacho was knocked it past you and you volleyed him. Um, on the other side, Michalenko, I think Michalenko deals with PC wingers a lot better than mm. people think. And... Where he's had his best two games against Salah and Saka, you know he's played really, really well. Um, the one again, I'll give you the thing. I'm telling you how to beat Everton. I shouldn't really do that, but the Brighton game, actually, Young Matoma just run the game, and it was yeah. always going to sort of do something towards the goal, whether it was he scored himself or get the assist. Um, looking funny enough, actually, Young scores no goal, but. <laughs> I really worried about that right hand side. Jack Harrison does track back. Gotta give him his praise. He does track back. Is it enough? Probably not. So I would put me personally, I would put Coleman and um or Patterson in there and just sort of take Young out completely. Because I am honestly worried. And Gibbs White as well. I'm worried, I'm worried about Gibbs in more games, so I think he's a, a fantastic footballer. Yeah, yeah, we, we obviously love Morgan for us, as you can imagine. Like, Sort of become a bit of a talismanic figure for us recently, and rightfully so. He's just a joy to watch. Like, yeah, obviously, massive daredevil. He's very like loves a risk with outside his foot or whatever else, but he's just so good on the eye. And yeah, we're very lucky to have him. But, um, 
how do you see the game going on Saturday? I mean, I'm expecting a tough battle, a physical game, and um, probably a few Everton goals from set pieces, sadly. But how, how what do you think is going to happen? Oh, it's, it's such a hard question. Um, if you'd have asked me before the 10 points and before the Man United game, I'd have been confident. Truly, I would have. Not no disrespect to Forrest, but going away, I think we're so much better when we go away from home. Um, I would. This will probably sum it up. I would be more worried if we were at home against Forest than we are away. Yeah, away are quite decent, isn't it? Which is yeah. quite <laughs> It's crazy. So, if we can keep the wingers quiet, I would expect us to sort of maybe definitely come out with a draw. Might nick yeah. it. Um, just purely for the fact that I don't know whether if your centre-halves could cope with Calvin Lewin because he does run a lot. Um, whether if a Nana's fit, he's big, tall, strong lad, but barging through, not many people, not teams can deal with him. If Alanga has the game that use one and two, he usually win. And that's pain for me to say, but I just purely for the fact of if Young plays, I'd be a lot more concerned. concerned. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm going out to watch it. And if Young is, a, if Young. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It starts at about half four and I see Young's playing. You know, 25 to 5, I'll be on the shots, mate. So, yeah, that, that's <laughs> probably, that probably tells you where, where I'm at. We're actually Young at the moment. Good. Well, I mean, obviously, I'm sure many of our listeners are hoping that's the case. But uh, yeah. can I get a quick score prediction for you before we wrap up? Oh, uh, one all. One all. Nice. I think. Yeah, I think that we would probably summon our fan base would take that after last week. To be fair, so you just get something on the board at least. Yeah, but, one all uh, and Luton not winning is that'll be nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds. Crazy because we were away, we were so far away from them, and we were, we were looking at you. You know, honestly, know. Yeah. we were looking at how you were getting on in Crystal Palace and and Fulham, and now we've got to worry about Burnley and Sheffield United and Luton. It just obviously it's so uh, so disheartening. For but for what it's worth, I think it'll be short lived, and I think you'll be out of there sooner rather than later. But I mean, hopefully that doesn't start that day. But um, massive thank you for coming on, Jay. Much appreciated. Thank you. And yeah, as for us, we'll be back with our review, whether it might be Sunday or maybe Monday, we're not too sure yet, but we'll be out with you early next week for a three game week, which is very exciting. So yeah, uh, thank you all for listening and come on you Reds. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.